This is a Hog Sports Network podcast. You're listening to the Hogs Illustrated Sports Club podcast. Here's your host, Chip Souza of the Hog Sports Network. This is Chip Seuss with the Hog Sports Network, and we're at the Hogs Illustrated Sports Club luncheon today, where Dr. Fitz Hill will be the guest speaker. We also recognize several outstanding prep athletes and a program this week. Our prep rally uh, athlete of the week is DJ Dara of Rogers High. The Mounties are off to a 3-0 start, and I spoke with DJ before today's luncheon. Uh, I'm talking with DJ Dara, the uh, linebacker for the uh, undefeated Rogers Mounties. There you go. Undefe- How's that sound? Undefeated Rogers Mounties. Uh, it's it's a it's a good deal. It's a nice deal, but we still got a long way to go. You uh you guys had a big win, you know, against Farmington, a team that's been you know been pretty good, but kind of on the rise. Uh, defense only held them to three points. How, I mean, how much pride do you guys take in that? Uh, we yeah, we take pride in our defense uh, a lot because. Uh, because we like helping our offense. If if defense has a good night, it's going to be an easy night for offense. Now you guys kind of get a little week off this week, kind of yeah. got a chance to heal up a little bit, get ready for conference play. Um, you know, looking forward to conference play. How, how do you feel like you guys stack up? Uh, I feel like we're we're going to be pretty good against conference. I feel like we're, we're going to be definitely the team to look out for. Good deal. Appreciate that. Congratulations, by Thank the you. way. This is DJ Dara, our Prep Rally Player of the Week this week. Congratulations and uh, good luck the rest of the season. Thank you. You bet. Our Prep Rally Program of the Week was the Bentonville Girls Cross Country Team, and Coach Randy Raymaker was here today to give us some information on his team, which recently won a big meet down in Texas. Here is Coach Raymaker. Talking with Randy Raymaker, the uh, the girls uh, cross country coach at Bentonville. They are our prep rally program of the week. Coach, you guys are, pun intended, off and running this season. We are off and running. We, uh, well, we had our first meet. Well, we opened up a Shiloh Christian with a few people. So our first big meet was last week in, in Denton, Texas. Yeah. At the, at the uh, Miles Split Invitational. So, Looks like some race. good competition down there. you got to be pleased with how your girls did win in that meet. There is. I don't know if it's quite as big as last year, but, they, you know, Texas got a lot of teams and a lot of schools and a lot of competition, and, and so it's good to go down there and get pushed around, you know, so early. Yeah. We got lightning delayed three times. Oh, but, man. Uh, but they ran well. They ran hard. How do you keep them kind of, you know, focused or whatever when you kind of have a delay like that? You said well, a couple of delays. So. You know, we have a pretty rigid warm-up that takes about 45 minutes or so. So they did that, knowing, thinking that was going to happen. And you just kind of, you know, improvise a bit and shorten it up a little bit and make them do a few things to make sure they're ready. But it's somewhat of a mental, it's a mental game. I mean, at this stage of the ball game, yeah. Coach, talk about some of your, your top runners. I know you've got several that are well, headed to the next level for sure. Three I have today would be Haley Lowy, and she will she will go to some college next year and run. Um, Devin, actually, Devin and Everly. Devin's a senior also. She's she's an awesome soccer player, so she's probably going to go do the soccer. And then Everly, said she's a sophomore, so she's got a long ways to pick out things. Good but, deal. So, so you guys are kind of... Uh, do you, how do you kind of ramp it up to get ready for Conference and State, or do, does it matter, well, or do you? I, I don't know if ramp up is the word for Conference and State because you, we're, we're pushing hard right now. Okay. And so you can't push hard. You don't push hard all the way. I mean, we have to okay. cut back, do things a little shorter, a little faster, a little less rest, those type of things, and that gets you more prepared for or freshing up, picking up, you know. The, the key is you make sure they're healthy at the line, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. So that's a, that's a big thing at that time. It's a thing because... 
you know, we'll run the gauntlet. We'll, we go to Lovejoy uh, next week, which is in Texas again, which is a bigger meet, really, really big meet. And then uh, we have a week of training through, and then we'll go to Chili Pepper, which is also, as you know, is a huge meet. Right. And then we'll have a, a pre, pre-state meet oh, yeah. in Lake Hamilton and then run conference in state. So. Good deal. So well, Coach, listen, uh, you know, congratulations mm-hmm. on a big win to start yep. the season, and yep. uh, good luck the rest of the way. Thanks. Our guest speaker today was Fitz Hill, Dr. Fitz Hill, a 12-year uh, career with the University of Arkansas as a coach and as a recruiting coordinator. Uh, coach Hill brought a great message today, and here is Coach Hill with his question and answer with our Matt Jones. Hey, I want to ask you about growing up in Arkadelphia. Uh, I think a lot of times when people I think about the book Friday Night Lights and the movie and the show and everything. Arkadelphia, I think, is about as close as you can get to that no in the question. state of Arkansas. No question. My, my whole life was impacted by John Outlaw, who was uh, the head football coach. And when he came there, the, the coach that, that preceded him had kicked off about 40 or 50% of our football team. And they were just home. And since Coach Outlaw, 24-year-old guy, just graduated from UCA, uh, uh, came in and he went into the projects and re-recruited everybody and told everybody had a clean slate and we nobody predicted us and that guy changed our whole community and we went from not a factor to winning the state championship. Coach John Thompson was the defensive coordinator. I think the only time in high school football that uh, the, the, we were not scored on the entire time and Coach Outlaw changed the whole life. But I saw what football would do to a community that was fractured. It brought everybody together. And Friday night was a big community huddle at Haygood Stadium. And there's nothing like winning a state championship. And to me, that's one of my greatest high school accolades. The, the, you talking about the 87 team? That, no, that was a 79 team. Okay. And I coached on, on the 87 team okay. with Coach Outlaw. So after I got out, that was before I went into college coaching. But to, to play on the 79 team mm-hmm. and to coach on 87 team, that's football in Arkadelphia. The 87 team, I think they finished top 25 nationally. A lot of people you, think they were maybe the best team until that Springdale 05 team came along. In the USA Today, they, they, they were the top team. But that's just the talent that Coach Outlaw started before he went to Lufkin to recruit the whole community. And I got my pattern from him. For Coach Outlaw to put his arm around you, that's all you want. And I'm going to tell you how I knew football impacted discipline. He took up lunch money in our dining hall for cafeteria, never had a problem. So that's, that's the power of a football coach in the mm. schools. And when people, suspension, never. When, when you look, I'm going to tell you when, you, when you start looking at the problems in our society today, I've been in prisons uh, uh, and, and, and detention facilities looking at the crisis that produced these teenage violence behavior. The, the number one common thread is elementary school suspension. So when we suspend elementary kids in these underserved communities, they do not have a chance to play ball, which is what I'm saying is why our numbers are down because we have 300 kids right now in detention facilities in the state of Arkansas as teenagers, which had they had what they needed, had what Coach Outlaw gave me and gave many of them because he went and got a few guys out of jail and he said, hey, this is what you're going to do. And they became successful men because they had men to model. That's what Arkadelphia was about. Interesting story about you, I think, and I didn't know this until this week. 1990, you're a GA at Arkansas. Tell me if I've got the, the timeline right. That's correct. You, you play Tulsa in the season opener. You're getting ready for Ole Miss, That's and right. you get called into the Gulf War. On a Tuesday. On a Tuesday, sitting there, breaking down film, 
uh, um, with Joe Pate, uh, Lewis Campbell, uh, uh, Bill Johnson, and uh, that's when I was back in the dorm at the time with Kelly and 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 um, that's why you know from Coach Richardson and the basketball guys, Todd Day, all of those guys, you know, as I was I was in charge of the dorm, and that's why I tell you that's why Lindsey used to always still, I had to make when he was when he was still sneaking out, you know. <laughs> 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 but 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 that was I'm just kidding. But but from f f from the standpoint of of that changed my life going to Desert Storm. And I'm gonna tell you, Coach Brawls, I went up to his office, and that's you know I lost my dad um, when I was 19. My mother had an aneurysm six weeks later, so I joined the ROTC to live. So I washed off. So I had no money, and so that was my way of, of say, man, they were giving two hundred dollars a month. And so I was on my own, and, and I had a scholarship, but I had no other money. So I was working. I got ROTC. They said, you can get this 250 bucks. So I joined ROTC. Well, I didn't know I was going to be an officer. I, I never thought about going to combat because I was, you know, after Coach Outlaw and then, you know, Coach Benson, Buddy Bob Benson, all these guys, they changed my life. So I, I wanted to be a coach. And so um, uh, when that happened, I go up. I go up, and uh, Coach Crow said, go up see Coach Brawls. So I go up and see Coach Brawls, and he said – Hey, Fitz, I can make some calls uh, and see if we can defer to after football season, and, and, and then you can go to the Persian Gulf. And I said, no, sir. I said, I made this commitment. I said, I signed up for this. I said, so I'm going to – I've been activated, so I'm going to go. And I said, and, and uh, I've been called, and I have a responsibility. I got the money then. It's not now, later. Hey, they paid me now, and I got to go pay them now. And uh, – probably the greatest sacrifice of service that I that hit my heart while I was there because there were times I didn't think I was going to come back but I promised God while I was out there one time the scuds went off and ATN was fly, the ATN was flying over our head I said God if you just let me get back to the United States of America I said I promise you whatever I do all right I'm not I'm gonna do it to the, to the very best that I can do and, and, uh, and I promise you, I'll never take another lazy step because I realized how blessed we were to live in America. And I never took, th I took that for granted until then. Yeah. That was one of the reasons I ended up getting a doctor because I came back and a couple of GAs says, you know, well, you can just take the class and drop it. I said, that's not what I promised God. Hmm. I said, I said, I, I said, what's the highest degree you can get here? They said, well, you can get a doctor here. I said, well, put my name on that because that's a commitment I made to the Heavenly Father to get me back. And so I want to make sure I do that. So that was the inspiration to make sure that I take advantage of every opportunity, you know, that God would bless me with to make sure that I would be able, in a position to help others and impact others by the blessing that I had received. And you're awarded a bronze star. Yes. So, yeah, one of the things I'm very, very proud of to, to you know, that I was yeah. awarded a bronze star. And, uh, and, and, <clears throat> and you don't get that for serving yourself. That's the thing I'm proud of. You get that for serving others, and you can't get that. You know, they say a person wrapped up in themselves make for a real small package. You know, you, 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 when you give of others, when you give of yourself, God multiplies that. And so, you know, to take my soldiers and to say, hey, this is what we have to do. And, you know, I never forget the, the general came in, and I was, you know, I was running the company of, of, of forward, and they said, who's in charge of this operation? And that all came because I hadn't slept in two or three days, and they said, that lieutenant over there is in charge of this and making sure these things happen, da-da-da-da-da. So that kind of happened, and making sure, you know, all the rash of the trucks moving were, were taking place. And so it's something, when I feel stress here, 
and I think about stress back there, it ain't stress. It's just, it's just being uncomfortable and just a little bit inconvenient. Gives you a different perspective on being a football coach. The whole, hey, and, and look, I've been fired. So I say you'd rather be fired here than be over there. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> <laughs> and, and doing, it was interesting. I'm not going to say the coach that did it, but I had a couple letters during the 1990 season when things wasn't going here, and I think we were like three and eight. I had a couple coaches write. They said, you better off over there than y'all. Because <laughs> that wasn't a good year in 1990 for Razorback football. I want to ask you about 1992 as yeah. well, because you were in the room, or you, you were on the staff when yes, you lose to the Citadel. And I think on the 20-year anniversary, you and I talked about this, uh, you said that Coach Broyles came in and told all the assistants, don't leave, yeah. stay right here. Actually, Coach Broyles came in and sent all, sent all the whole staff down to the dressing room. All right, so we were sitting up in our offices doing it, and Coach Broyles said, I want all the coaches to go to the dressing room and sit there until I tell y'all to come out. So, no, because he didn't want anybody talking to the media or anything. So all the coaches, he walked through, you know, our Coach Brawls walked through the hall, and he said, all the coaches need to report to the dressing room down in, 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 in the facility. So all of us went there, and we probably stood there. Nobody was talking. We probably stayed in that room for about an hour and a half, two hours. Nobody knew what was going on, and we just all looking around at each other. But we were, we, we, we were quarantined, you know that? <laughs> <laughs> we, we, were, we were in that deal. And so we all stayed there till he came in, and, and, and then I think he called Coach Kynes out, took him up, and then that's when he made the, the announcement, and then that's when we, you know, started rolling. That was, like I said, man, in coaching, you learn to be fluid. Mm -hmm. um, you've said, I've read before, that coaching is an addiction, and you said you're, you're glad you got healed of, of that addiction. Yeah, you, you know, when you look at all the benefits that come with coaching, and, you know, even the carnal side of us, when I look at, you know, in 19, Coach Nutt blessed me. In, in, in night, when I was a recruiting coordinator, assistant head coach, I was the highest paid recruiting coordinator in SEC at that time. I, that was a deal. You know what that guy make today? You know, so when, when, I, when I'm starting looking at, at his salary and, I, and, and, you know, and I think I'm a pretty decent recruiter, I, I wouldn't mind if I could go out there right now, but I realize I have a greater calling on my life. Mm -hmm. and, and, and for that reason, you know, uh, I never thought I would be doing what I'm doing today. Uh, because it's the sacrifice that from 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 planting seeds. I realize I'm planting trees for shade. I would never sit under. All right. So that's the sacrifice. Now, here's what I realized based on what I was telling you. I have a son that's 23. I have a son-in-law play basketball. Dustin Thomas, my son-in-law, that's 29. I have a grandson that's four. I have another. Grandson is one. Well, the data tells me that if they don't make it to 45, that they will be a victim of homicides because homicide is the number one cause of death for black males age 1 to 44. Mm. So should I be, I love watching sports. I look at it analytically. I look at it on a regular basis on Saturdays, but that's not my inspiration. My inspiration is how can I disrupt this homicidal virus that's spreading through America to save lives that can bring hope to the hopeless and give a vision to the visionless. That's how I've been healed, and I have to stay focused on that because I'm going to tell you, you know, last year I went down to watch LSU play Florida State, you know, in, in New Orleans, and, I, and every now and then the carnality in my body feels that. I want that. And, you know, I coaches, I, it, 
probably, I remember when, when Mike Singletary, I had met him when I was head coach of San Jose State, and I had that when he became the head coach of the 49ers, when I had conversations with him, you know, I just, at that point, I wanted to raise my kids in the South. I want those Southern values, and I wanted to be able to, to impact individuals in a way that will sustain life long after I'm gone. And, you know, and every year in coaching, it's, we won this year, how are we going to do next year? Mm -hmm. You know, but the trees and the shades that we're planting, I'm hoping it's going to make something better for others. And I'm not saying you can't do that in coaching because there are coaches that do a tremendous job of, of, of clearing out paths and giving back and doing it. And I applaud them and God bless them and I'm grateful for them. I'm saying for me, I had to realize, you know, uh, uh, a per, you know, I'm no longer, I'm no longer in, in, in pursuit of that satisfaction based on what my recruiting ranking is or based on what my record is. Let me ask you one more. Uh, I think you wrote your dissertation on lack of opportunities for mm -hmm. minority coaches. And I've seen you quoted in, a, in some different stories here recently about the Razorbacks. They've, they've got an all-black defensive staff. I think the majority of their assistant coaches. Yes. Uh, your, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, if you go back and look historically from the sociology of that, it's really uh, about access, and that's what I, I shared in, in, in uh uh, I, I was, as a coach of nearly 20 years, I saw this, and when I started doing the studies, you know, I said, feelings are not facts. Facts are facts. If you ever hear me quote something, it's not about how I feel, it's the facts to substantiate what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. So I did this study for 25 years, and I did my master thesis on it at Northwestern, and I did my doctoral dissertation on it, and that's why I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a numbers cruncher's guy. And so when I looked at it, I was wondering why there are limited opportunities. Well, the opportunities are not based on qualification. They're based on access. And here's, here's a point in case to, to, to explain that. And I, and I can give you, you know, that's why I wrote the book. And I've got so many book companies calling me now to want me to follow up based on what's going on in our country. And I just said, it's not time. I said, the Holy Spirit will tell me when it's time to write the next book. But let's take in baseball, let's take Satchel Page. Okay, according to folklore and everything I know in Negro Baseball League, Satchel Page was the greatest baseball player of all time. You know why he didn't get the chance to, to participate? Skin color, not qualification, all right? That's what I'm saying oftentimes that when you look at Coach Pittman and you have to say Coach Pittman went out and he said he found the very best coaches that he could find and he didn't exclude them based on their skin color. That would, in historically, that has not been the case, all right? Because if you look and see why is that a factor, and here is a perfect scenario to understand that. Had Nick Saban been born black, he wouldn't be the head coach of Alabama. Hmm. They said, why? Alabama's never had a black coach. Now, Nick and Satchel are very similar. Satchel didn't get the opportunity based on skin color. Coach got the opportunity to prove his value. That's the exclusion. I say race dictates space. That's the exclusion factor that sometimes happened historically in our country. So when you see the inclusive measure, it's not affirmative action, it's inclusivity. So when you can sit there, but you need to be qualified because here's what I love about sports, okay? Once you get the opportunity, hey, San Jose State gave me an opportunity, all right? Even though in my years I did better than the, my, my previous coaches, and I, and I think here's a, a story that I use when people call that, that I understood the perception of, of qualification. 
And this is a story I think I wrote, I write about this. Here's a story I want to, uh, that I think will help bring home the point that I understood. And I thank God for the grace to understand that sometimes people perception uh, is based on ignorance, not reality. And so you have to give people grace. And that's what I've been able to do. So in 2003, the best football team I had at San Jose State, we were really good athletic. Probably had eight guys going to the NFL. I mean, I mean, really good. We should have been bowl eligible. We lost four games. This, this is when I almost went into a crisis. We lost four games by a total of 11 points and lost all four of them in the last minute and a half. So I was about, that's why I don't have any hair today. Okay, I was, uh, it, it, it stressed me out. But in, at the end of the year, a booster came up. He had been drinking. And he said, this is why what you asked me about the, 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 the access to, to the coaches to being able on, on the defensive staff. He said, Fitz, he said, um, being a few of the boosters sitting over there, we were thinking you would have had um, um, more success on your staff had you had fewer African-American coaches on your, on, on, your, on, on your coaching staff. That's what he told me. And I said, hmm. I said, you really think that? Yeah, that's what we were talking. Well, he had had a few drinks and he was comfortable. And I said, okay. I said, well, let me ask you this question. Because, you know, I wasn't going to respond in an ugly manner because at that point I wouldn't have a chance to educate him. So I said, let me ask you this question. I said, do you realize what my record was the first three years versus the three coaches who preceded me? I said, no, I never looked at that. I said, I want you to go take a look at that. He said, well, why is that? I said, do you realize my record was better than the two white coaches in the first three years that preceded me? I said, what did you tell them at this meeting? I said, you tell them they had too many white coaches? He said, hmm, I didn't think. I said, I just, I just want to let you know what you have done is not fair to me. And if I did, that wouldn't be fair to you. And I said, you know, stereotypes and perceptions are not realities. But based on your cognitive experience of race, that's what you have judged me by. And I hope you won't do that anymore. And that was an education for him that I was allowed to give him, which I used that format to do. Hmm. Fitz, you've been great. We appreciate your time. All right, appreciate it. Thank you. That was the Hogs Illustrated Sports Club luncheon today. We thank you for listening to this podcast. We'll be back next week where we will have University of Arkansas longtime sports information director Kevin Trainer. That's the guest speaker. We look forward to having him address the luncheon. Thanks for listening to this podcast, and we'll catch you next week. The proceeding has been a production of the Hog Sports Network. Look for our daily podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. For more Razorbacks coverage, go to wholehogsports.com or follow the Hog Sports Network reporters on social media.